All right, good morning. Um, actually, as I said last week, good afternoon. And um, I'll say good morning to you because most of you hopefully will be tuned in uh, in the morning at some point. And as I said last week, I, I just pray that, that, that each one of you take time to get your family together and to, and to worship right there in the confines of your home, whether it be your kitchen, whether it be your den or living room, wherever it is. Just block off a little bit of time to, to hear God speak uh, to you today. And, and we do have a little, little different uh, order of service today. I'm excited about it. Um, Walt Proctor, most of us know Walt Proctor, a uh, good friend of mine. He's pastor at Second Baptist Church, King Street. And uh, while I'm on that, uh, tomorrow morning, or tomorrow morning, this morning, um, you can tune in to Walt at 11 o'clock. Uh, he'll be on Facebook live there. So go on there, First, uh, Second Baptist King Street. And you may have to ask permission to get in, but Walt says that they'll let you right in on that Facebook page. And you can, you can hear uh, Walt at 11 o'clock uh, if you would like to do that. And I encourage you to do that uh, as well. Well, about next Sunday activities, um, I think I can be safe in saying that there will be no uh, church, uh, Sunday church activities in this building per se. But don't take my word for it. I'll, I'll let you know for sure. Uh, as I talk to the session this week as they make, uh, make uh, decisions on that. But I'm sure more than likely we'll, we'll be uh, back at the same thing we're doing today. Uh, we have a birth announcement. Uh, let, me, let me share that with you. And I hope Jonathan and Ann and, and uh, Natalie and, and little Hunter are tuned in this morning or sometime today and, and, and listening to this. Uh, Ann and Jonathan Evans are the proud parents of Hunter Boyd Evans, born on March 18, 2020, weighed 8 pounds, 15 ounces. His proud sister is Natalie. The proud grandparents are Sheldon and Johnny Lynn Evans and David and Esther Robinson. And the proud great-grandmother is Miss Ethel Robinson. So congratulations. I know you all are enjoying that sweet little boy uh, there at home. Uh, also, let me, let me say this because I've had some people ask me, uh, if you are not on the, um, the, what I call the mass text from the church that Stephanie sends out uh, for me, I'm supposed to be doing that, but God bless her, Stephanie does that for me, and I appreciate that. If, if you want to get in on that, uh, she's going to need your phone number, your cell number, so if you'd like to call her and give her your number or call me, I'll get it to her. Uh, however you'd like to do that it's really good you can keep up with us going on at the church during the week if we have something uh, urgent that comes up also I failed to mention this last week but if you um, uh, want to continue giving your tithes and offerings uh, in uh, in the absence of not being here you can certainly do that uh, Elder Wendell Robinson um, address his address is 1215 Evans Road New Zion 29111 if you want to put that in the mail, or you can drop it by his house, leave it in his mailbox, and uh, he'll certainly uh, get that. And also, if anyone needs me for anything during the week, during the night, during the day, anytime, please don't hesitate to call. Uh, most of you have my cell number. I think Stephanie has it on our website, so you can go on there and find it. But if you don't uh, have it, it's 803 968 1066 8039681066 All right. And that brings us to our birthdays and anniversaries for this week. I can't believe March is already about gone. And today on Sunday, happy birthday to Mr. Ricky Harrington. Happy birthday, Ricky. Then that takes us into April, April the 1st. We have an anniversary Heather and Andrew Baylor, happy anniversary to you two. Uh, on Thursday, April the 2nd, Stephanie Harrington. Stephanie Harrington, happy birthday. Walt, we want to sing happy birthday to her, or, or we'll let Brian do that? That doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I think Brian would love to do that. Brian, don't forget to sing to your, to your wife. Audrey Blake Powell on Friday the 3rd, and Walt Proctor on Saturday the 4th. Walt Proctor, happy birthday, Walt. Thank you. It's coming up Saturday. All right, so 
Happy birthday and happy anniversary to all you folks, and pray that God blesses you with many, many more. Well, Walt has agreed to be with us this morning, as, as I've already said, and you can see, obviously, he's to my left, to your right. And uh, he's going to open us up this morning with a, uh, with a, with a chorus, with a call to worship, and, and, and I, I pray that, that you spend this time right now. If you know this, sing along with him. Uh, it's a beautiful little chorus. Um, most of us know it. Uh, so as we prepare our hearts to, for worship, uh, Walt, come and share that with us, please, sir. Thank you, Mike. And as we sing this and as we go through this service today, please remember, let's open our eyes and our hearts to God's Word. Uh, please join me in singing. Open our Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Almighty God, we do thank you for this day that you've given us. Uh, Father, we just thank you for all that are listening in today to this message. And God, we lift up Mike to you this morning, uh, Pastor Mike, as he delivers the message to you uh, that God has put on his heart. Lord, we just ask that you would bring to him peace and comfort and that everyone in this audience today would hear what God's word has to say. And would listen carefully. And Lord, that we could see your face. That we could see your face clearly as we hear this message that is brought before you today. Be with us all now, O oh God. And just, uh, Lord, just bless us. We thank you for your many blessings. And we look forward to your continued blessings. Even through this time of, uh, of, of misunderstanding and turmoil in our lives. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thank you, Pastor Walt Proctor. What a blessing it is to have you with us today. Thank you. Well, um, last week I um, encouraged us to take some time, take some, take some family time, uh, if not daily, uh, at least a couple times during the week, and and go down a list of particular uh, prayer concerns, and I want to I want to just take us through that. I've added a couple today for us to remember, and and right now, at right right where you are, just just get comfortable. Uh, you may be in a lounge chair, on the couch, or wherever you are, around the kitchen table, wherever you are. But just get comfortable right now and. And focus on God. And as Walt just sang, open 
our eyes that we will see Jesus. And I want us to take us through this, and then, and then I'll lead us uh, in, in our prayer. We, we'll go step by step, and I'll, I'll pray for each one as, um, as, we, as we go through that. But before I do that, let me turn uh, to the book of Psalm, Psalm number 91. And I want to read some verses to us. Psalm 91, verses 1 through 6. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Church, may we be reminded today that we should not be afraid. That God is our refuge and our fortress. Now, let me lead us through a time of prayer. You pray as God leads. First, this morning, we want to pray that God would do away with this coronavirus. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray right now asking you, that you would do away with this virus. Lord, we know that you are in control. We know that you're in charge of all things. And we know that you will get us through whatever difficult days we have ahead. You've gotten us to this point, Lord, and you will continue to be with us and get us through these difficult days. But God, we ask that you would do away with this virus. Let's ask God at this time that he would heal those who are sick with this coronavirus. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray for your healing hand to be placed upon those who are sick with this terrible, awful virus. Lord, I pray that you would heal their bodies if it be in your will. Lord, I pray that there would be no more suffering or pain for these people, God, that you would take this sickness away from them. And God, that they would give you honor and glory for doing so. Let's pray now that God would comfort the family and friends of those who have lost loved ones as a result of this virus. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would comfort family and friends who have lost loved ones due to this virus. Lord, I pray that you would give them the peace that passes understanding as only you can give comfort those families bless them wrap your love around them let's pray for our president and vice president lord we pray for the president of this great united states of america and the vice president i pray lord as they continue to make decisions that affect not only us in the United States, but even those, of those people all throughout the world. We pray, God, that you would give them discernment. Lord, that you would give them wisdom, God, that they would make the very same decisions that you would make if you were here running this country today in, in flesh. So God bless these two people in a mighty way. God, I pray for all of our governors uh, across this great land i pray for our governor in the in the state of south carolina as all they all those continue to make decisions and lord big time decisions lord that affects all of us and lord we not only think of our president and vice president and governors god but we think of our local leaders of our cities and our towns god who who are in these major leadership positions who continue to make decisions that would better our cities and towns. 
Let's pray right now for our medical personnel, doctors and nurses. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray for our doctors and nurses, God, who are literally out in the midst of this coronavirus. Lord, I pray that you would keep them healthy. And Lord, I've heard on the news that there are many who have been, have been infected with this virus, doctors and nurses, and I pray, God, that you would get them through that. Lord, I've heard even this week that there are many coming out of retirement, many doctors and nurses coming out of retirement to help people. And I pray for them, that you would bless them, oh God. That you would keep all of them safe and, and free from this virus. Let's pray for our students, our children who are at home, away from school. And, and I know this has got to be something so, so different and so out of character. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray for our students, not only in our neighborhood, God, but across this great land, across the whole globe, God, that you would be with them, that you would bless them as they're doing studies at home. And I pray, God, that they will apply themselves. And, Lord, I pray that I know it's got to be stressful to them. They can't get out and go and, and go eat at their favorite restaurant or wherever, God. None of that is available to them. But, God, help them to realize, Lord, that you're in charge, you're in control. Be with their parents as they, as they, as they lead them, as they guide them through these studies. Bless them in a mighty way. And last this morning, oh God, I pray for those who have lost jobs, who are unemployed because of this worldwide pandemic. Lord, I pray that you would bless those people. I pray, God, that you would, that you would Lord, allow them uh, to, to be able to get through the days ahead without a job. And Lord, we think of the monies that will be given to people who are unemployed, and I thank you for that that President Trump has signed, Lord, so these people can be uh, with income. So, Lord, bless them. And for the businesses, Lord, who, who may literally go out of business because of this virus, I pray for those people who do have businesses. Lord, that you would keep them afloat. Lord, that you would bless them even when they can't open. And, Lord, when all of this is behind them, I pray that their business will will be resurrected and they'll be back to normal real soon. Lord God, we pray that you would just bless us all through it all. Lord, remind us that you're with us, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. We ask this prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Walt's going to come and um, going to have a song for us. And I pray that you would um, uh, pray for him and listen prayerfully and carefully as he sings uh, before I come and give us a message this morning. Thank you, Walt. You're welcome. I come to the garden alone while the
So much, Walt, Pastor Walt Proctor, for being here this morning. What a blessing. Are we living by faith in the one that walks with us and talks with us as we go along life's way? I hope that we are. I want to speak to us briefly this morning. a message entitled Living by Faith. Living by Faith. And go ahead if you um, are sitting there, wherever you may be in your home. I hope you have a piece of paper and something to write with, something to take, take notes with. Uh, typically, I have an outline for you. Um, but you can, you can make your own outline and take your own notes here today. And I trust that you will. Go ahead and turn with, with me, if you will, to Hebrews, a little book right before James in the New Testament, and find chapter number 11, and we're going to spend some time there this morning. But before that, I ran across a, an interesting illustration this week that I think will help us uh, put everything in perspective here as far as the message goes this morning. Well, you know, the, the Olympic Games have been uh, postponed till next summer. And I don't know about you, but I, I enjoy watching the Olympics um, and how those athletes train uh, for 300-plus uh, days getting ready for, for one split second of an event in many cases. But in the Olympics, one of the games involves, or one of the competitions involves, a group of guys, now it could involve girls on the female side of things, but I'll use guys uh, today. It involves a group of guys, eight to be exact, who row boats. And it's interesting, I've, I've watched that a lot of times. I've never really paid a whole lot of close attention to it until I read some more about it this week. 
But it's interesting that they, that they row their boats with their backs to the finish line. So try to, try to picture that with me this morning because I think it's a great illustration of, of Jesus as well. So as they row their boats, their backs are to the finish line. So let's say that's the finish line. And they're rowing their boat. And lo and behold, as many times as I have watched this rowing competition, I never really wondered who the guy was in the back of the boat. Have you ever noticed that? Well, there's a guy, and, and mostly these guys, the eight rowers, if you will, are, are strong, big, physical people. Well, if you look closely, the guy sitting at the back of the boat is not very big. He's trying to find a, as small a person as he can so it won't weigh the boat down. But this guy sitting in the back of the boat, his, 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 there's a fancy name for him. He is, he is called a coxswain or a coxswain. We'll, we'll use coxswain because that's a little bit shorter. And, and that, that coxswain sits at the back of the boat, and he's the one, if you will, that's the brains of the operation. He's the one that's giving directions. He's the one uh, we'll call the, the, the coach on, in the boat, if you, if you will. So as these guys are rowing, they're, they're focused on that coxswain, the man who is giving instructions. And, and he'll be barking orders, and he, as he is barking orders, uh, row harder, uh, pull up, lit up, slow down, go harder, go faster. Whatever instructions he's barking, these guys have to be looking where? Are they looking behind them at the finish line? Absolutely not. They're focused on the coxswain, the man in the back, the one that's giving them instructions on what to do and how to do it and when to do it. As, as I looked at that this week, I couldn't help but think that Jesus, so to speak, is our coxswain. He is our coxswain, if you will. He's the one that is, is giving us instructions and are we to be looking around at everything else? Are we to be focusing on the world? Absolutely not. We're to focus on Jesus, to lead in God and direct our lives so that we won't get off course and that we will finish the course well. So under the leadership of the Holy Spirit this morning, I'd like, to do, I'd like for us to do what I call a gut check. And I want us to ask ourselves a couple of questions. In the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic, boy, is the world up in arms. It's crazy. Can't even go and sit down at McDonald's and have a fat double cheeseburger and fries and a milkshake. Can't do all of that. So in the midst of it all, I want us to look at two questions, ask ourselves two questions. One is our faith truly in Jesus. Secondly, is the object of our faith truly Jesus? In my heart, I truly believe that the reason we don't see God in the way God wants us to see him is because our focus is a little bit out of whack. And the reason our focus is a little bit out of whack sometimes is because our faith is a little bit out of whack. I love the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 12, verse 2, the first part of that verse says this, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It didn't say looking unto our husband, our wife, it didn't say look unto our best friend. It didn't say look unto the pastor or the session or the Sunday school teachers. It says looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So I ask again, are we living by faith? Turn with me there, if you will, to Hebrews. Book of Hebrews, chapter number 11. I hope you're already there. I hope you have some a piece of paper and a pencil close by, and I hope you jot down some things. 
But I want to start in verse, in, in, in verse number 1 of chapter 11. And then I want to jump back to chapter 10 and look at a verse there. Verse 1 of chapter 11 of Hebrews says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. That's New King James. NIV says this. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now look at verse 38 of chapter 10 of Hebrews. Now the just shall live by faith. Now the just shall live by faith. Now we'll go over to verse 6 of chapter 11. Look at this. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You may be thinking this morning to yourself, preacher, how can I live by faith in such uncertainty? How can I trust? How can I be faithful with so much uncertainty going on in our world? Can I ask us this question, church? How can we afford not to live by faith in times like these? So what does it mean to truly live by faith? Quite simply, living by faith is living by God's Word. This book that I pray that you're holding in your hand even as I'm holding my Scripture in my hand. Living by God's Word, not living by feelings, not living by emotions. You see, we're to place our faith in God and His Word, in God alone. And when we do that, you know what we're doing? We're trusting God to take care of us. We're trusting God to look after us as we walk in obedience with Him day by day. Flip back to the book of Romans, if you will. Romans chapter 4, verse 20. The apostle Paul writes, He did not waver at the promise of God. Talking about Abraham here. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened, get this, in faith, giving glory to God. Church, we need to get that. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. A few books over, chapter 10 of Romans, verse 17. So then, get this, here it is, faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Flip over to James, chapter 1. Right past Hebrews there. Chapter 1, verse 6. But let him ask, here it is again, in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Listen now. How James describes him. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You see, people with weak and unstable faith waver in their confidence in God's Word. They waver in God's provision. They waver in His power. They're like the Scripture talks about. They're like, like, the, like the waves in an ocean that is, that is blown by uh, by, the, by the wind, up and down and side to side. Their stability is determined by circumstances, by their feelings, 
by their emotions. However, on the flip side, people who live by faith are not wavering, but they're steady, they're stable, their feelings, their circumstances have no bearing whatsoever on their confidence in God. Why? Because they're single-minded and stable in all they do. Flip back to Hebrews chapter 11. Put your seatbelts on because we're going we're gonna to move through this pretty rapidly. I know you've heard this this chapter before you've read it before you've studied it i'm sure before but it's some people call it the hall of faith i call it god's manual for living by faith god's manual for living by faith it gives some wonderful examples of old testament characters so this is what i want us to do and, and we'll get through this quickly and, and if you're if you're taking notes right living by faith means that we are Living by faith means that we are, and we're going to fill in, the, we're going to fill in some blanks, okay? First, let's go to verse 5 of Hebrews chapter 11. Fellowship, uh, living by faith means that we are fellowshipping with God all throughout the day. Verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found. Get this, because God had taken him. For before he was taken, li listen to what he was doing. He, he had this testimony that he pleased God day by day, seeking to please him in all that we do. Living by faith means that. Secondly, living by faith means that we are heeding God's warning. Heeding God's warning. I don't know about you, but I think God, even right now as we speak, is giving us a warning. I'm telling you, the, the, the epidemic has not slowed down a bit. Every single day, there are more and more cases. As somebody said, I thought it might even been Brother Walt uh, this morning when I was talking to him, or maybe yesterday or the day before, that said, I, I think things have to, are going to have to get worse before they get better. But my thing is, what is God teaching? Heeding God's warning, verse 7. By faith, listen to what old Noah did. Noah, being divinely warned... Of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Obeying God out of holy fear, out of reverence, heeding God's warning. Living by faith means, thirdly, that we are obeying God even when we cannot see the way. We don't know what this virus is going to do. We know that it's not, seems like it's not slowing down a whole lot. But I can tell you who knows exactly what it's going to do, and that's God. Verse 8, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive an inheritance. And get this, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Not knowing where he was going. Do we have that kind of faith today, church? Living by faith means, verse 9, trusting God to guide us, trusting God to provide for us as we walk with him. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, Dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, talking about Abraham, the heirs with him of the same promise in a foreign country, trusting God to guide him. In these difficult days, in these days of, of, of uncertainty as to what this virus is going to do, are we still trusting God to guide us and to provide for us? Number five, living by faith means keeping our eyes focused on the eternal city of God, the place Christ is preparing for those who are his children. Verse 10, For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. John chapter 14, verse number 2. 
Actually, verse number one, Jesus speaking, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Here it is. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. Is is that a big deal in our life? Is our future home a big deal in our life? Is that eternal city of God a big deal to us? The place where Jesus is preparing for us even as we speak. Day after day after day, he's preparing that place for us. Living by faith means that we are believing and acting on God's promise. Even when, get this, even when those promises seem impossible. And I know people have said it's impossible for a cure for this virus. It's gone crazy. Verse 11, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promise. Believing and acting on God's promise. When those promises Seem impossible. Something else. Number seven, if you're taking notes. Obeying God's word all through life, acknowledging that we're only aliens, strangers, pilgrims on this earth. Verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Folks, we're just passing through. If God blesses us to live to be 95 or 100 years old, so be it. We're just passing through. There's no comparison to what we will one day uh, be living in, that eternal home in heaven, living for heaven, not for this world, would be number eight. Look at verse 14. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Living by faith means that we are living for heaven, not for this world. We're, we're just passing through. We're, we're just here for a short while. Living by faith means, number nine, offering everything we have to God. Look at verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, we talked about this a couple Sundays ago, three or four Sundays ago, about Abraham and how God tested him and how Abraham came through and, and made 100 on the test. He was obedient to God. Listen to 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, offering everything we have to God. And in this text, it talks about when Abraham offered his son Isaac. And we know how that story ended. God intervened. God realized the 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 the. Uh, Belief and the faithfulness and the trust and the obedience of Abraham. And what did he do? Lo and behold, out of nowhere, there a ram shows up. And Abraham sacrificed the lamb instead, a ram instead of his very own son. Living by faith means that we are, number 10, choosing God over worldly pleasures. Choosing God over prosperity, over power, and choosing to suffer reproach, ridicule, persecution of this world for the reward of knowing God. You see, a lot of people in our world don't think it's worth it. They don't think it's worth it living for Jesus. Preacher, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I want to live my life living for Jesus. And then when it's all said and done, they wish they had him. Verse 28. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood 
lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days, obeying God's instructions and commands, even when they are humanly, seems like humanly impossible. And lastly this morning, Living by faith means that we are being faithful in carrying out whatever task God gives you and God gives me. Even, get this, even if our service leads to death. Verse 32. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson, and Jephthah, also of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Verse 35 Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings, encouraging, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Verse 38. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. Are we being faithful in carrying out whatever task it is that God wants us to carry out? I think, and I, I think we've seen to, today, at least I hope we have. That Hebrews chapter 11. And we saw in these Old Testament believers one thing that they had in common. And it was this. They lived by faith. They lived by faith. And it was not something that was inward. But it was something that was outward. And what do we mean by that church? That means simply this. That they believed God. That they acted and carried on according to what God promised in his word. They didn't just proclaim that they believed in God. But they, they proved it by the way they lived. But I wonder today, do we truly believe in God? Do we truly believe that God is going to get us through this pandemic? This COVID-19 this coronavirus, James 2, 18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. This church is living faith, living in confident, bold obedience to God's word, to God's call, his command, his promises, regardless of, of circumstances, regardless of consequences. You know, I was thinking about this this week. As believers, as born-again believers, as children of God, we have a wonderful opportunity to show the world, to show those all around us, those skeptics, if you will, those people who really don't believe in God, those people that don't have a relationship with Christ Jesus, we have the, a wonderful opportunity to show them what living by faith is all about. Well, back to our illustration to begin the message. The coach in the rowboat. The coxswain, the coxswain. The ones that were rowing. They had to be focused on the one giving instructions. If their team was to stay on course and finish well. It's like us today. 
Church, we've got to continue to live by faith. And when we live by faith, this is what happens. Our life will be a life that is focused on God. And this is something else that will happen. Others will readily recognize that we have a relationship with Christ Jesus. That we're truly living by faith. So in these turbulent, trying, uncertain times, let's focus on Jesus. And as Hebrews 12, 2 says, the author and finisher of our faith. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, you have taken us through a wonderful chapter of your word. Hebrews chapter 11. And Lord, you have shown us in the lives of these Old Testament characters, these Old Testament believers, what it is like to live by faith. And Lord, we've mentioned several this morning. Enoch, Moses, Abraham, Noah, and the list goes on. Sarah, and all those, Lord, who never wavered in their faith when it got down to it. Lord, they believed in you. Their life indicated their belief in you. Their life showed that they had a relationship with God, with Yahweh. Lord, thank you for this 11th chapter of Hebrews, of you, as you have reminded us what it means to live by faith. Lord, I pray that we will every day of our life, not only in the difficult times, but in the good times, that we will look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, my prayer today is that our faith is truly in Jesus. Not the world, not those around us, but in Jesus, the Christ. We pray in your name and for your sake. Amen.